Hey, yo. Welcome, everyone, to episode 16 of Today in the Scene. I'm Joe with Indie Arcade Wave, and this week we're going to be talking about a new indie game, Super Slam Dunk Touchdown. Um, if you guys like what we're doing here on Indie Arcade Wave, consider subscribing. If you're on YouTube or on the podcast, if you're on YouTube, hit that bell so you don't miss any notifications. These episodes drop every Friday where we talk about indie games and indie arcade games. Now, this week I'm joined by Rick, the creator of Super Slam Dunk Touchdown. How you doing, man? I'm doing as well as can be done in these crazy times. Awesome, awesome. I'm going to just start off here and try and figure out where you started. So where did you first get into developments of games? Uh, certainly at some point in my childhood, I, I fooling around DOS or something, making like a really bad text game in basic <laughs> or something like that. Uh, I've always tried to make games. Uh, it, professionally, I... I started at a game company as a webmaster back when that was a thing. And then fast forward a number of years and I started doing uh, web uh, based games that were like uh, social mobile type stuff. And then I, I quit and started working on this game in 2014. Okay. So this game being super slam dunk touchdown. This so is the one, yes. take me through your creation of this game. First off the idea, I totally understand it. I mean, I remember being a kid and hitting a tennis ball with a golf club and yep. throwing a football into a basketball hoop. So it makes perfect yep. sense to me, but where did you come up with the idea and when did you really say, I need to make a game out of this? Well, I mean, that's certainly the genesis of it, uh, being a kid and messing with sports equipment and having no idea what to do uh, <laughs> or just being silly. The actual game notion. So I was playing softball for uh company softball team i'd never played sports so i was really kind of digging it i was like wow this is a lot of fun uh who knew <laughs> so uh one of the things i would do is make silly posters for the the games at the company and i would just make them progressively have less and less to do with softball and uh it, it kind of culminated in this montage of various uh sports photoshopped together and uh i don't know just just in the process of making that stupid photoshop i was like you know, this would be a, a cool video game. So that was like in 2009. Um, and I, I did start playing around with an X and a prototype back then. Uh, I wasn't happy with my own physics. So I was kind of like, when is, when are we going to get good physics in one of these game making tools? So that's kind of, I put it all on hold until, uh, unity came out with some 2d tools and I was in a position where I could quit my job and, and actually start working on it. But it had been in my brain for many years, just like, I have to make this, I have to make this. Okay. So you, you coded it all in unity and what was your, your initial plan with the game? Uh, my, my plan initially was go to console. Uh, I didn't have much more than that. I wanted to make a local multiplayer game. I wanted to support six players and uh, I ran into a lot of issues along the way, but it, it, it eventually is, is getting there. Um, development, uh, initially, I, I released on Steam just from player demand. It was such, a, it was such a, a success at PAX South that I felt pressured to kind of, people want this, I got to give it to them, um, which was useful, but, uh, yeah, the goal was always console, console, console. And I kind of got sidetracked with an arcade version. We could talk about that as well, but, uh, yeah, it is still coming to Xbox one, hopefully sooner than later. Okay. So you say you, you first showed it off. Was that your first convention at PAX South? 
Uh, that was the first time publicly showing the game. Yeah, it was the first, the first PAX South as well. Um, so it was pretty wild. Okay, and how how did you display that? Was that on like a, one of the consoles already? You had code written for that, or did you? I mean, I know we we first showed off Galactic Battleground on an Apple TV. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, just to for for the audience, uh, just imagine what you would do if you had to exhibit a game. Like, just try to. <laughs> just try to start it? there yeah. yeah how do you do it like so i had no idea I, you know obviously that was uh i, I was not uh, an exhibitor prior to that so it was it was interesting um i basically had uh i had stuff shipped to texas i also had uh, i had used to live in, in texas so my buddy lived there so i had stuff shipped to him and uh basically we convened at his place and then all just drove to uh san antonio and set it up so i had like a tv a little tv stand i had uh, i think they provided us with a table i had a banner printed it really 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 silly banner <laughs> printed at, at kiko's or whatever and it was literally just the t-shirt and then i had i had, I had, a, had a bunch of t-shirts made i was like i got to do something i don't know what to do so i had this this t-shirt made and it was so popular because we were just giving them away like anybody who won got the shirt so it was like uh just just a madhouse so we were six people deep six six players at a time uh you know they had to they had to have traffic managed around us and stuff it was it was just absolutely nuts that's awesome that you guys had so much success with in the beginning and <laughs> how did it do on steam when you first launched it well so yeah that was success was uh was a fickle thing and that's uh it really kind of messed up my expectations for a, a number of years it was so huge at pack south that i just kind of expected okay people like it i'll just keep doing it and it'll be big right but that kind of all fell off and i've never seen a a convention other than going to pack south again in 2016 i've never seen a convention where the game was was that popular um so I released it on Steam. I mean, it did okay. It's not it's not a PC game. So that was a huge lesson too, is the Steam audience suddenly this is a different audience than yep. the console yep. players and the It's and a very, the very different audience. So the first thing everyone is like, How come the keyboard controls suck? And I'm like, Why are you playing us with a keyboard? Yeah, um, you should be using a controller. That's how I made it. <laughs> your players love it when you tell them what they should be doing. <laughs> <laughs> so I learned a lot of lessons with that. Um and it it was good in the sense that I got a lot more people giving me feedback because it's a mo local multiplayer game. You, you know that you need, you've got to get people playing it. You can't just develop it in a vacuum. Um, so, so that was good, but it, but it also sidetracked things a little bit because all that time I spent working on, you know, mouse aiming and UI and things that work on PC as well as console. Uh, it's certainly a lot faster to just skip all that and go straight to console experience and, and, you know, add the steam stuff later or the pc stuff later so I, I i'm not sure if i went the right route um but yeah it did, it did okay on steam the first little bit but it's not making much money at this point so uh everything is pretty much riding on the uh the xbox release right well i mean it's 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 live and learn for all of us indies we need to figure this out kind of on our own and it's nice to have other people's experiences to know which way to go. That's that's why I wanted to do this show was to help anybody that's looking to move into the indie scene or especially the arcade scene because that's where I am and that's what I've really, really enjoyed. Just to know what hurdles you're going to hit and maybe be able to avoid them a little bit. So on that topic, 
why did you go to an arcade cabinet? <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to blame uh, Rob and Anthony over it. At, at Perfect. Netflix. Do it. Blame them. <laughs> well, we're at, uh, we're at MagWest and, uh, you know, I love those guys and, and they're in there, uh, showing their game, which is awesome. Um, and just, I don't know, I don't know who brought it up. It was Rob or Anthony. So they were both kind of hinting at this thing they were doing. And I'm like, what is going on? And they're like, hey, you want to come to Connecticut and build an arcade cabinet? <laughs> and I'm just like, well, of course I do. Well, you know, I'd, I'd love to say I had a business plan, but I was just like, no, yeah, that's awesome. So um, I went up there and it was just a fun trip to build the prototype. Uh, beyond that, I didn't have any plans. I kind of got carried away with it. So that was end of 2019. I was like, this arcade thing is going to blow up. It's going to be big. And I had convinced myself, like no one could talk me out of it, that this is going to be a great thing. Cause I, I still had that success of pack South in my head. I thought you put this in a bar and you're going to get six people in a line, you know, waiting to <laughs> right to, right, to play. Yeah. Um, so that was very educational, uh, putting the prototype uh, at a bar here in California and watching people just kind of scratch their heads and, not really put a lot of money into it <laughs> and i was like I, I was like what am i missing this is because again it's a different audience the, the this being at a convention is more like being at a carnival you can't you can't say everybody liked throwing rocks at the cans to get it to get the the, the the stuffed teddy bear right and then and then say i'm gonna make a rock in a can game and sell it at home and it's gonna be huge it's a totally different experience right um, people are there for a new experience they want to try something they've never seen before Right. And everyone's not you either. So if I go to an arcade and I see a game I've never seen before. I immediately throw money at it. Yep. I'm like, what the heck is this? I want to know. Uh, not everybody has that mentality. So uh, I learned a lot about how do I get people to look at this and how do I get people to play it and how do I get people to play it again? And a lot of the the, the lessons were in the user experience. And it was it was started started trying starting to gel all the feedback I've been getting over the years about People don't understand this mechanic. People don't understand X, Y, and Z. People don't get this or that. And it's one thing when you're at the convention and you explain it to them or you say, oh, I'm just going to put it in an instruction manual. Yeah, like people are going to read that. Uh, but when you're in an arcade, you don't have any room for any of that. You've got a very limited amount of attention to, to you know, people are going to give you, uh, the, you know, to get the core concepts of the game. So that that was very educational um i made a lot of improvements to a lot of areas of the game and i'm i'm thinking i'm going to bring all this back to the xbox release which i've done um so i i did put a good bit of work maybe about six months of work total in building the arcade version um and then unfortunately you know all the arcades are now shut down so <laughs> i spent a lot of money and now i have no art budget and i'm like oh well uh let's just get this thing done but all those improvements all that all those lessons uh are all coming back to you know to to pay off in in what's going to be added and, and improved in the, in the new version of the game all right well let's let's dive in a little bit deeper into that because we've talked about how the game came to be the arcade and all that but we haven't talked about the game itself. So give sure. me a rundown of what the game is, what the mechanics are like, how you play it, why to play it. <laughs> so it is uh, essentially harkens back to all the old uh, eight 16 bit sports titles of, of yester, yesteryear. Uh, I, I think as a kid, you know, I would want to play any video game and if I didn't play sports, but if, but if there was a sports video game, I would play that too. Uh, and I think back then, you know, the games were simpler. They were easier to approach 
um, sports games kind of turned into sports simulators over the years and that's fine. But if you don't really care about the mechanics of juggling a soccer ball and controlling each foot and <laughs> hyper realisticness, <laughs> yeah, it's fine if you're into that. But you know, for, for a lot of people, it's just, I want to pick up and move the guy and shoot the ball. So I wanted to make a, a local multiplayer game, um, which, you know, this is 2014 again. So the local multiplayer did kind of make a comeback during that, that period. Uh, so that was the, the goal. So the game itself, you've got six completely different athlete sports, uh, I guess you'd call them character classes. You've got soccer, hockey, football, roller derby, basketball, baseball, and they all have different attributes. Uh, they all shoot the ball completely differently. So if you're a basketball player, you throw for the hoop or you can charge up a field goal shot. Um, if you're a hockey player, you can't do a field goal at all. Really. You can, you can, you can do a slap shot or you can hit the ball really hard and knock it off other players. Uh, if you're football, you can tackle people, you can kick a field goal, you can throw a spiral. So everybody's very different. Um, and then you've got basically three on three, uh, or two on two or whatever combination really. And, uh, some ball will drop. And then the whole thing is essentially a physics game at that point, because, going back to what you're talking about, you're a kid and you, you want to hit the football with a, with a hockey stick. Um, that, that, that's taken into, into account when, when the player shoots the ball. So the hockey player will, whatever he's hitting, it'll kind of spin on its Y axis. And so if you hit a bowling ball on ice, it's now spinning like a top on the ice and it goes really, really far. If you throw, uh, like it's, let's say a, a spiral with, a a hockey puck, it's, it's spinning on the Z axis because he's throwing a spiral. So as it hits the ground, it's going to move differently. So it's, you, you kind of get to know all the different types of balls, all the different types of shots the players have. And it kind of feels very intuitive because it is using 3d physics. Um, but it's very accessible because it's 2d sprites and it looks very cartoony and you're not really thinking about it. So it, it's kind of this invisible, uh, thing in the in the back of your head how you're modeling the game and it, and it, and it becomes very intuitive to people once they they start to play it and feel how the, the different balls and everything work um and in terms of scoring now you've got all these different ways to shoot the ball so you've got a soccer net you've got a hockey uh or sorry so hockey slash soccer net you've got a, a a basketball hoop you've got a field goal and you can score different amounts of points depending on which goal you get it into um and then the game's very silly, so all kinds of crazy stuff will happen during the match. Uh, you, the marching band will come down through in the middle of the match, and you just have to like play around them. Uh, yeah, I remembered seeing Zambonis <laughs> in some of the videos. <laughs> yes, non-trademarked ice resurfacing trucks will appear and uh, <laughs> run you over. Um, so that was the basic quick match, and that was my initial, I'm just going to do this, and it'll be fine. Um, what I realized from the Steam release was that it, it didn't have much content for one player or even two players really, or even three is kind of an odd combination. If you got tired of playing against the computer, like what do you do, right? Um, so just for anyone out there making a game, if you want to make, if you and I know people like this and I'm like this, where I'm like, no, it's local multiplayer. You've got to have everyone in the room and I insist and I'm going to pound my fist on the table and everyone's going to listen. That's great and everything, but what's going to happen is someone's going to buy your game. They're going to play it one player. They're going to judge the entire experience based on that. And they may forget they ever owned your game when you, their friends do come over, they may go play smash brothers instead. Right. So how do you get that game in people's minds and get them to have a good experience and get them to, uh, think about it more often so that, you know, when their friends come over, they want to play, Hey, I got this new game. Let's play this. And there's right. a couple of different strategies here. We could, we could talk about. So one way is you add online, 
that's a bear. I'm, I'm going to say that's, that's its own project. If you that's can do a that big project on yeah. the back end for the coder. Yeah. <laughs> More power to you seriously. But, uh, there's another issue if you do that, right? If your game's not that popular at the beginning, someone buys it, they go to play online. There's no one there's there. Nobody online. Yeah. Yeah. So they, again, have a bad experience. They never play your game again. Uh, another option is add a single player experience of some kind. So that is the approach I took. So I've spent years now building a uh, season mode for Super Slam Dunk Touchdown. And season mode is a one to three player co-op uh, experience, which takes you through a lot of the game concepts through micro game training games, through playing different, uh, p- getting getting players unlocked in a, in a certain order. So you, you get a chance to kind of learn one before you get overwhelmed with six. Kind of try uh, all the mechanics before before you got to jump into a game with all of them. Right. And when you do jump into a game, it's a controlled experience. You're playing against the easy computer first. You're, uh, you're playing with one type of ball or on one type of arena. So it, it all kind of unlocks and unfolds and, and becomes a bigger and bigger experience over time. Um, so that, that's what's been taking a long time, aside from just uh, building the arcade and everything and doing some side projects to, to, to pull in money. Um, but it's a pretty big experience now. Uh, we got a hundred achievements in, 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 in the game for, for Xbox. And then I'll release it. Uh, the new update will, will push out to steam as well. Awesome. Yeah. That, I mean, it sounds like you've really come a long way with the game just from 2014 to now. And you said this Xbox release, when are you planning on releasing that? When it's done, you know, I have made so many wrong predictions. I, I hate to make another one. Uh, my oh, goal yeah, was to yeah. get it into certification this year. Um, but looking at my timeline, I'm, I'm still behind. <laughs> I have a shrinking set of bugs. The game is content complete. I got a few things to fix and then bugs to fix and then a bunch of boxes to check to get it through certification. Um, but it's getting there. That's all I could say. It's, it's very close, uh, a lot closer than it's been, but, uh, yeah, it's it's some time yet. Uh, hopefully, again, hopefully in certification this year. Yeah, and I mean, to anybody that's listening that hasn't done this, um, there's a lot that goes into a game, even a game that doesn't have those 4K crazy graphics. There's a lot of little stuff in the background that needs to be touched up and dealt with. And as someone that's doing other things in their life and isn't just full-time coding, <laughs> it gets pushed back and back and back and back, and it happens. And it's totally understandable. So over the course of your development, what has been your favorite thing about creating the game and what has been your most difficult moment in creating the game? My, my favorite thing is watching people play it and just watching joy happen. I mean, there's just some, there's nothing quite as rewarding, at least for me, than seeing other people be happy as a result of something that I did. They don't have to be grateful. They don't have to acknowledge it. It has nothing to do with me. It's just, I just created joy and I'm like, there's now happiness in the world that wasn't there before. Uh, So that's just me personally. Um, The hardest thing, the hardest thing, I I, I, I guess is just uh, finding, finding the focus to, to hone in what, what is this? experience like what you know like that you could this game uh, starting from the original design to where it is now drastically different i mean drastically and uh it's been it's been very hard to to kind of 
because you, you you'll bring here's what I think I want this game to be and show it off and then people are liking it sure but they might not be liking exactly what you were planning and so you kind of have to craft it around not just what their expectations are but the parts of it that they like that are forming a different hole that maybe you weren't you weren't seeing um, and I guess you have the flexibility as an indie to kind of nudge the nudge it this way or that way along the, the path of development um, and you're going to need feedback and you're going to need uh, these type of iterations but it's just yeah it's been very difficult to just get it all done and fit because you got to know what is it all what is what is an entire experience at what point is it uh, finished and 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 then you know how, getting that concept you know that target in your brain of like i know what this is supposed to look like and i'm going to get there right and as the developer and creator of the game it it always changes like like you were saying getting the suggestion get the feedback what they really focus on and what they take out of it you always grow on it and adapt on it and like any piece of art it's never really done <laughs> like it can always be improved on because it's your baby you know you worked on it for so long Yes, and uh, I've I've done smaller projects, uh, you know, to completion, and even a smaller project. I mean, just for anyone who's never developed a game, just make Breakout, and just I mean everything from title screen <laughs> to high score, everything. Make a complete product, even if you never release it, and just just floor yourself with how much work that is. Uh, it's a lot, even for a simple game with oh, yeah. very few mechanics. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you you start up something like Unity and you say, oh, here's a collider, here's a ball, here's dink, 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 and it's it's kind of there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Let's see that last 10% take 10 times as long. Right. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, before we wrap everything up here, Rick, I want to know what got you into video games? Where did your passion begin? I was I was born into it. Uh so I was I was born in the late '70s, and we had Atari 2600 uh, and arcade games like you know Space Invaders and stuff like that. And ever since I saw blinking lights on a screen, I've just I not only wanted to f- interact with it, find the edges of it, break it, play with it, toy with it, do, but also how do I make my own ideas? Uh, you know, and, and beyond my own ideas, what can I do and take what, what is it I can do with this machine and make fun out of it? I think that's where games came from. Somebody had some old computer, you know, a long, long time ago that barely could do anything. And they're like, look what I can make this do. Uh, it's totally different. So yeah, I think it's, it, it's just, to, I don't know, being a, being a primate, you see tools, you want to make new tools, you want to see what you can do with them, recombine, mix and match. And, uh, this game itself is kind of the expression of all that mixing and matching uh, six bit, 16 bit, eight bit art styles with modern physics, all the different sports combined uh, for, to get everyone into a room and, and just be silly. Right. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. So as we wrap this up, I want you to shout out your social medias. Where can people find you? Uh, sure. I'm uh, got a weekly blog at tippinggoat.com, uh, or you can find Tipping Goat uh, on Twitter. Uh, Super Slam Dunk Touchdown is on Facebook. Uh, there's also a, a, a subreddit of, uh, if I get the name right, SSD Touchdown. Um, and uh, I've got a Discord linked on my website too. So check out tippinggoat.com. 
Awesome. I'm going to throw all that down in the description for everybody so you can go check that out. Go try Super Slam Dunk Touchdown. You got to try it. It's a hilarious game. Thank you for coming on, Rick. It's been a blast chatting with you. Um, Until next time, everyone, peace.